Welcome to another edition of EIU Panthers Podcast, number 33 in our weekly series. I'm your host, Rich Moser. On today's episode, we have multiple guests as we chat with Dan Verdon and Barry Botino, the creators of Prairie State Pigskin, a website that provides coverage of the four FCS football schools in the state of Illinois. In addition to being the creators of that source of information five years ago, Dan and Barry are both Eastern Illinois alums that worked at one time for the Daily Eastern News. So today we talk about the Prairie State Pigskin and revisit some of their favorite memories covering Eastern Illinois athletics. Like this episode of EIU Panthers podcast and want to hear more? Then be sure to follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and iHeartRadio Podcast. Simply search EIU Panthers Podcast. Consolidated Communications is a proud sponsor of EIU Athletics. Want to learn more about the future of broadband for your home or business? Then visit Consolidated.com to learn more about the products and services provided by Consolidated Communications. In EIU Athletics news this week, the Panthers baseball and softball teams play at home as both are coming off big series wins on the road. EIU football heads to Tennessee State for its third game of the season, while EIU women's soccer, volleyball, and tennis all play on the road. Congratulations to EIU volleyball coach Sarah Thomas on her first career win with the Panthers this past week as EIU beat Tennessee State. Want to stay up to date with the latest information and schedules on all EIU athletics, then be sure to visit online at eiupanthers.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at EIU underscore Panthers. Now to this week's episode of EIU Panthers podcast, as we talk to the creators of Prairie State Pigskin, Dan Verdon and Barry Botino. And welcome to our latest edition of EIU Panthers podcast. We're joined today by, this will be a first for me, a, a duo of guests. We, the guys from Prairie State Pigskin, we have Dan Verdon and Barry Botino, and I'm hoping I pronounced Barry's. He just told me how to pronounce it. I'm hoping I'm in the ballpark there. So if I said your names correctly, please say thanks for being on the program. <laughs> thanks for having us, Rich. Thanks for having us, Rich. <laughs> um, I do do that. So we're going to talk about a couple things today. Prairie State Pigskin being one of them. Um, these guys are the authors of that. It covers FCS football in the state of Illinois, which Eastern Illinois is one of the four schools. But in addition to that, and this may lose you guys some followers at those other schools. Barry and Dan are both Eastern Illinois alums. So I think there's maybe a little bit more specialness to them being the guests of ours and maybe when they, they cover this. And so I guess, first of all, we'll, we'll start with you guys about, I want to say it's maybe five or six years that you guys have had the, the blog, the Prairie State Pigskin going. And what was the, the emphasis behind it? And maybe who came up with the brainchild to, to get this going? And I'll let either one of you jump in. If we get to the point where I have to call on each one, you will do that. But I'll, if you guys want to just jump in to start with. and, and so Barry not, tells it well, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to him. Okay. Well, <laughs> well we'll start I, with Barry would, then. Yeah, I would say, Rich, that, you know, when we were students, we obviously paid, paid close attention to um, FCS football, was Division One AA at the time. We both worked at the Daily Eastern News. Um, and after graduating, both of us graduated in 1988, um, we kind of settled in Chicago area and it was very difficult to even find a score of an in-state college football game uh, in the Sunday Chicago papers. And it got to the point where, you know, we decided, okay, let's just do it ourselves. Um, 
so there was an outlet with chicagonow.com which is a chicago tribune blog site um we figured out a pitch we came up with a name um and sent in a pitch and i think within 30 minutes our pitch was accepted uh, so it was just important to us to tell the stories of these teams um, because they don't get told elsewhere. Uh, one great example was uh, Illinois State, for example, was playing in the national quarterfinals last year in Fargo against North Dakota State, the uh, umpteen time national champion. And I think one of the Chicago Daily Papers had about 35 words in the Sunday edition. Uh, just to us, it, it deserves more than that. So that was our goal to give it a little more. Okay. And then the, um, you know, of course, and I always hear that, you know, hey, we're not covering the Chicago paper. And I, and I, and I understand that it's a, it's a money-making business. And, you know, the, the professional teams up there, the Bears, the Bulls, the, the Cubs, you know, the Blackhawks, they're going to they're gonna carry the weight. And then, you know, they're going to, after that, they're going to probably cover the major colleges. And you guys have both been in the industry. You talked as you were students here at the Daily Eastern News. How have you seen maybe that changed a little bit to, to create this niche for you guys. Well, I think everyone knows newsrooms are smaller now, a lot smaller than they have been. Um, I spent 19 years at three different newspapers in Illinois. Um, and my last 13 years was at a newspaper in Crystal Lake, the Northwest Herald. And I still do a, a weekly column about local college athletes from the McHenry County area for them. Um, but obviously, you know, staffs are thinner and everybody's on, on those staffs is doing a hundred things. So it's much more difficult. And I always hearken back to, you know, when, when we were working at the Eastern News, we worked with a guy named John Saul, who was just a phenomenal photographer and won numerous awards. And I'll never forget, John was working for Chicago sometimes. He wins a major award and like a week later, they let him go. So I think that that's very telling. No, and I, I, would, I would agree with that. And so you guys have done this now, and I don't know if we came up with an exact date. I, I want to say five or six years. I don't know if you guys have an, have an exact number of, of when you've been doing your association with, with me. I've been here 15 years now, so it goes longer. And I know that that gets a little blurred. So that's why I, I don't know exactly how long the Prairie State pigskin part of this has been in existence. It's been five years. We actually looked it up recently and our first uh, posts were in the summer, I believe it was in June of uh, 2016. And we just recently rolled over um, our thousandth post. So we're, we're over a thousand posts now. Okay. And now do you guys, and not to, to boast on your numbers or anything like that, but you have four schools now with an alumni base that, that follow you guys, as most schools in Illinois seem to have the because of the population base, the alumni base seems to be in the Chicago land area. Have you guys found, like, as people find out you're the guys writing this, that they want to sit there and kind of talk to you about what a neat idea it is? Yeah, I think we've gotten some feedback from, from a lot of different avenues. I, I think we are over 75,000 unique visitors to the blog now. Um, and it was just kind of started, uh, you know, pretty grassroots. We don't, uh, you know, we have no budget. So it's just something we do on our own, share on social media, and we hope other folks share as well. Um, some of the conversations we've had, for example, um, with coaches um, who say, you know, I learn about the other schools in the state from reading the blog. Uh, we hear a little bit from high school coaches who, who read about it. Um, athletes and their families are, are a big push for us to get 
to get news out. And I think that's how we touch alums as well. The alums who still follow some of those accounts on social media, for example, uh, they learn about us through, you know, when you share one of our stories, when the Illinois State social accounts, you know, will share one of our stories and whatnot. So I think it's, it's kind of been word of mouth, which has been pretty cool. And then for you guys, I, I, I would ask how maybe different is it for you cover the four schools in the state. And of course, they're the three of the directional schools, Western, Eastern, Southern, and in Illinois State. Three of the four play in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Eastern is, in that case, the outlier playing in the OVC. How different does it maybe make it in your coverage covering Eastern as opposed to the other three where they kind of are all in the same conference, same kind of guys going for the same awards? Is it, does it make it maybe easier or or, or harder to, to cover Easter when you're doing things for the blog? Um, there's times, you know, when, you know, they're, they're obviously, as you mentioned, those three schools being the same conference, you know, that's, it's constantly the same opponents once they get in, you know, the conference games. So, you know, we run into a lot of the same, you know, names and coaches throughout that. Um, but as you mentioned at the top here, you know, us being Eastern alums, you know, it's pretty near and dear to our heart and, we've actually had, you know, a really good relationship with the Ohio Valley Conference office. Um, I know last summer I was able to, to talk to the commissioner about a lot of the things that were going on when there was so much speculation about, you know, is there going to be a fall season? How's COVID testing going to work? All those sorts of things. And the nice thing about the OVC is they do the uh, weekly uh, coaches where we can call in and, and talk to the coaches and, and not just Coach Cushing from Eastern, but any of the coaches in the conference. And that, that really helps us quite a bit. Okay. Now I'm going to take you back a little bit and we'll, we'll kind of work forward here is, so we'll take you back to your days when you guys were at the daily Eastern news and I'm not going to date you myself, but I'll let you date yourselves based on the, the players that you covered. And I guess you've now done this for when you guys were students to doing it now, we'll say at least 20 years. I know it's been longer than that, but we'll, we'll put that as a, as a nice ballpark there. Well, who are some of maybe for each of you guys, and, I, and I'll start with Barry and give Dan a chance to think about this, and then a later question I'll flip it for you guys, is maybe some of the top couple players that you guys have seen from Eastern during your times, either as a student at the Daily Eastern News or maybe kind of following it as a fan or now with the Prairie State Pigskin. Yeah, I think I think my best memory would be, you know, I worked at the Daily Eastern News for two years um, when I was um, a junior and a senior. So before I covered football as a senior uh, in the 87 season, um, I remember coming back. I covered women's basketball and I remember coming back early from a Thanksgiving break uh, with a fellow roommate of mine to watch the quarterfinal playoff game. Uh, it was Eastern and Eastern Kentucky. And I still remember one of one of my favorite guys, and I'm sure one of Dan's favorite guys as well, Dwayne Pitts, uh, who was from Detroit, um, really great guy. And I remember Dwayne caught a ball near the end zone on the last play of that playoff game that Eastern lost 24-22. We thought from the stands that he was in bounds, um, but it turned out he was just had stepped out of bounds. That was probably my biggest memory. Um, always remember Dwayne, um, and always remember, you know. Uh, it, a, a lot of guys. Uh, I went to um, San Jose State. I remember my first game was flying out to San Jose State as a senior to cover that 87 team. Um, and just a whole bunch of guys who who really made it interesting and really made it fun to cover that team. 
But Dan, I'll ask you that do ask you the same then. Kind of if you've got a, a couple of guys that that maybe are, are good memories that you've had from your time covering Eastern. Yeah, Barry and I were both very fortunate because we got to cover, uh, you know, a number of different sports. Um, you know, for me, I covered the season before Barry um, when Eastern actually won the Gateway Conference title that season, which Gateway Conference has since evolved in the Missouri Valley. But I think everybody will recognize the quarterback's name, Sean Payton. Um, in basketball, Kevin Duckworth was around when, when we were covering games and, you know, another tremendous guy that always gave you uh, time when you, you asked for it. Um, one thing Barry, I think, failed to mention is he went down and covered uh, the NCAA uh, track meet when uh, an Eastern runner, Jim Maton, won the 800. You yeah, know, right. that, that was a huge event. I remember, I think, did you go to Tulsa for that, Barry? I'm trying to remember. Oklahoma City was the indoor championships, and thanks for jogging my memory, Dan. It was the indoor national championships, um, and Jim ran the 800, and I believe he finished second. There was an LSU kid who was from Sweden or Finland who won that race, uh, but Jim was a really close second, and that was that was a, a great event to cover to see an Eastern guy on a stage like that. I think for both Barry and I also, we you know we covered a lot of women's sports, and you know one thing we found is that. Um, when it came to interviewing, a lot of times the, the women were just in some ways more interesting than men because they just had a different perspective and seemed like they were also very grateful for, for any coverage that they got. So we both, you know, enjoyed, you know, covering, you know, basketball or cross country or softball, whatever it happened to be. Yeah, I think, I think women too, I mean, I still cover some college athletes, women too are a little more at ease, you know, talking and being interviewed. Um, I've, I always tell friends a story, Rich, that I've had uh, covering high school wrestling, I've had a kid hide because he was too afraid of being interviewed. He, he kind of ran to the locker room and hid out in the locker room. And I've never had that with a female athlete, always really open to talking and, and open to conversations. Very good. Well, that's good to, to hear about some of those names. I'm sure some people that listen will, will know some of those names as well. And so now we'll have Dan go first here on this one. And so we'll, we'll go from players you covered to maybe coaches you covered. And so Dan kind of maybe, and I'm going to, I'm going to, and unfortunately I'm going to take one right off the table for you because I think Bob Spool is almost everybody's favorite. So I'm going to, I'm going to take <laughs> him out of the mix for you guys. And, you know, uh, did you have another maybe memorable moat? moment with, with a coach that, that you covered from either your time at the Daily Eastern News or even some of your time now when you when you covered Eastern from afar? You know, when I go back to my my days as a student, uh, two guys kind of jump out. Um, you know, Rick Samuels, longtime basketball coach, you know, he was at Eastern for, you know, basically half a century. And I think anybody, you know, who went to Eastern in our time in the 80s, you know, right on up through the 2000s knows the name Rick Samuels. And the other one is uh, Tom McDivitt, who is the baseball coach. I can think of so many times, you know, I just wander out to the baseball field. He'd be out on the tractor, you know, dragging the infield. He'd see me and shut the tractor down and, you know, you know, what do you need? Yeah. Yep. Coach McDivitt still comes to, comes to games now, sits up in the, right outside the press box. So. Yeah, I got the same question for you there. Sure, Rich. I'd say for me, it, it um, starting covering women's basketball and track and field. Uh, Bobby Hilke was a longtime women's coach, and I covered an NCAA tournament team uh, of hers. Um, and I also remember the late Neil Moore and also Tom Akers, who I know just recently retired, and they were both always super gracious with their time and just some great 
stories from those programs, you know. Um, and and I have to say, I'll, I'll add in a Bob Spoo story. I went away to college at age 16, and I was just a kid when I was covering uh, EIU football. And and Coach Spoo made a specific time for me to come and meet with him every week because his press conference ran into a class time for me. Um, and I can't say enough about Coach Spoo. He was one of the most gracious people I've ever met. Yeah, I would, I would, I think any person that's ever met him would give that, that same sentiment there that he was a, a guy that was always willing to work around and, and, and things like that. And, you know, I'd worked with coach Boo for a number of years and not a lot of the same experiences that you guys had there and just at, at a different time. So now I'm going to kind of go into a couple things individually for you guys. So Dan, in addition to doing the Prairie State picks, Dan, kind of where we kind of met is you, you're an author of, of several different books, one of them being the history of Eastern Illinois football. And I know you've done some for some other schools too, but we'll really focus on Eastern for this one. What was that like being an alumnus of the school and kind of in terms of making that like a labor of love for you? You know, it was, you know, a lot of people would say, you know, how, how could you put that many hours into something? As you just said, it was a labor of love. And this kind of goes back to, one of the reasons we started the blog, you know, people from the so-called major schools, you know, think they have, you know, all these great stories and I'm not discounting them, but there's so many great stories from a school like Eastern. Um, you know, I think Barry and I might be two of the few people that have seen the final game of uh, Tony Romo, Sean Payton and Jimmy Garoppolo, all playoff losses, obviously, but uh, you know, those three guys are names that, you know, resonate throughout the football world, but beyond them, there's guys who went on to never play another down in football that have, you know, been successful in business or education or the military or what have you. And I just felt like those are stories that, that needed to get out. And, you know, it's, it's been just a wonderful experience. Anytime I run into somebody or I get an email, you know, somebody who says, Hey, I, I saw your book, and I'm I'm just so glad that you know you shared those stories. I'll tell you, I use it. I've got it on my shelf over there. I use it as a reference every once in a while when there's something that I can't remember. That you did a good job of actually digging up some research for me every once in a while that that I can go back to to find a story or or a name because, like you talked about there, you, you found some of the the unsung heroes. Some of the people know the the Garoppolo's and the the Romo's and the Paytons because their names are. Well, there's a reason why their names are hung up on the wall over across from the stadium, but there's other guys that are just as successful in different ventures of life. So I, I will ask you guys that then as part of this blog, what, a, what has maybe been, a, and this one doesn't necessarily need to be an Eastern emphasis, or I guess maybe if you have an Eastern one that comes to mind, but then also just one in general, you guys, you, you do routine feature stories and, and you, they're, they're very unique. I think, um, I know you have a, a weekly piece you guys called Moving the Change, which is kind of a, a get to know you piece. And, and Barry, I'll start with you on this one. Who is maybe a, a unique individual or, or a story that was, was became more interesting to you as you, as you did the piece that, that you've done that maybe stands out in, in a feature article for the Prairie State Pigskin? Sure. I've got a couple, Rich. And, and I will say to Dan's point about the, the final game of Tony Romo's career, uh, Dan and I were awful bumble, bundled up that cold day in Macomb uh, when the wind was about 800 miles an hour and it was about 12 degrees. It was awful. <laughs> uh, 
Um, the snow game wasn't much better for Jimmy's last game. Either. No, no, we, we were bundled up for that one as well. So, um, well, Rich, I would say two, two come to mind right off the bat. And one most recently from an Eastern standpoint is the story I did about Stephen Elmore. And you were a big help with that story. And for folks who don't know, Stephen is currently the long snapper for the football team. He's from the Metro St. Louis area. And his um, father ran a successful DJ business that his brother has now taken over. And I remember Stephen telling me that um, his father would throw in the microphone at a wedding reception and say, introduce the wedding party, you know? So he started, you know, getting his voice down that way. Mm -hmm. uh, well, now it has turned into Stephen really got um, pumped up about a weather and climate class that he took early in his college career. And he's now a weather forecaster on WEIU. Um, and kind of brought me back a little bit to just grabbing the microphone from his dad when he was young and introducing the wedding party. And that's kind of how he, he found his voice. Um, I would say one of the most successful stories on our blog was one I wrote a couple of years ago uh, about the Illinois State, former Illinois State quarterback, Brady Davis, uh, who was a transfer from Memphis, was, was a starter at Illinois State the last couple of years and now is working out in, in hopes of lashing on with an NFL team. Um, Brady is married. Um, which is really unusual. I think in my research for that story, I found that 7% uh, of college undergrad college students are married, um, which is really unusual. And you don't see it a lot um, with the common you know, undergraduate student population. That was a really interesting story about he and his wife met as sophomores in high school uh, and you know, just, just how their kind of relationship grew and, and you know, got married and now they're kind of moving on with their lives. So those, those two really jump out at me. Dan, I'll ask you the kind of the same question. You got you got a few more minutes to kind of think about this one now. <laughs> well, I you know you mentioned our moving the chains Q and A that we do each week, and I think back to the very first one that we did. Um, it was with Cameron Lee, who was an offensive lineman for Illinois State. And the reason I bring this up is his parents are Tim and Don Lee, who are both Eastern grads and are, are good friends of Barry and me from undergrad days. You know, and I knew Cameron from the time he was born, and you know, here all of a sudden he's six, five, over 300 pounds. And um, if you follow it at all, he actually was on a couple of NFL practice teams dressed for uh, two Bears games and, and actually got into one. But, uh, you know, that was kind of interesting. Here's some, you know, somebody we knew from undergrad days and, and here's their son. And he's a very entertaining kid. And now, the, um, I, like I said, I appreciate you guys taking the time here and publicizing the Prairie State Pigskin and uh, for people that haven't found that, if you, you can, it's on chicagonow.com as one of the, but there's probably several blogs on there. The, the best way to probably type it in is just type it in, in the Google search bar, the Prairie State Pigskin, and it'll, it'll take you there. We always do some stuff off social there. I'm going to ask each of you guys now, your, I guess if you had to rate the top three EIU football players of all time that, that you have seen, and this could be was your time as a Daily Eastern News or just kind of covering as a, as a fan or watching as a fan, which now spans from what you guys admitted already from the Sean Payton era. So it's really the, almost the division one era until now, which is, you know, close to 35, 40 years of football. And we're doing this, we're recording this on zoom. We only show the audio on the podcast and, and Dan's rolling his eyes thinking about his three. Here. He knows I'm going to call on him, him first. And so Barry's going to get a little bit of a reprieve. So Dan, I'll give I'll give you a second, and then it's and I know there may be some ties. I know this is hard, and we won't hold you that this is an official ranking, but just in, in your opinion, the top three that you maybe have seen. 
Well, I, I, I think you got to start with with Tony Romo, um, and not just because of his NFL success. I mean, as, as you know, he was uh, a three-time OVC Player of the Year. You know, set numerous records at Eastern, uh, won the Walter Payton Award. I think following up, you you probably got to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, broke many of those records. Um, was also, you know, a Peyton Award winner. And that offense under Dino Babers was just so much fun to watch. I mean, I I still was hoping that they'd get one more possession up at Northern Illinois. I think if they would have gotten it, I think they actually could have pulled that game out. And then, boy, for number threes, there's just so many people running through my mind right now, but I probably ought to go to the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think I'm going to go with Yurko because, as, as I think Barry actually did the story on this, um, broken at the time, Yurko had a very severe injury uh, during spring camp and they were wondering if he'd ever play again. And, and he was able to, you know, work his way back and, you know, obviously go on to the NFL, NFL success. And of course you hear him on Chicago radio to this day. So I guess those are my three, okay. but there's a lot of honorable mentions. Yeah, I, 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 there, there always would be. And that, that's, that's why we're saying this isn't an official list because you'd have to probably, you could you could go two or three deep in almost a lot of the positions at, at quarterback in particular because you let you left one of the guys off that um, that a lot of people would name and we'll see if Barry Barry drops him in there in his top three. <laughs> well, I would say I'll take it in a different direction because I think obviously you know everyone would say Peyton and Romo and Garoppolo. Um, I'm going to take it in a different direction and kind of talk about three of the most dynamic players I've seen, and I would say. Um, First would be from our era, Dan, is is uh, Roy Banks, who was just an amazing wide receiver. I mean, Roy made some catches that were unbelievable. And I remember interviewing Roy when he was a rookie with the Indianapolis Colts and and got an opportunity with them. And, and Roy was just electric. Um, I would say the next one for me would be Eric Laura. Um, and Eric just made some unbelievable plays. He was a guy who... I mean, his hands were like glue. Uh, he caught everything that was thrown at him. And, and those uh, Jimmy Garoppolo teams were amazing because in large part with Eric and, and Jimmy's connection. And I'll say the third one, I'll go a little bit off the board. Um, that cold day in Macomb, Romo's final game, uh, was also the final game, I believe, for J.R. Taylor, who was an incredible running back. And I believe J.R. lives uh, up north here in Crystal Lake now. And uh, J.R. was from Mount Zion, and uh, he was unbelievable, terrific running back, hard runner, uh, just just a joy to watch. Well, those are all 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 good names and all good guys that that had great careers here at Eastern. But I'll, as when when Dan was talking about this, it made me think of another question for you guys. Since you would have been some of the guys that would have covered it at the time as journalists, and then covered it with the Prairie State pigskin, I'm always curious the the offense that that Eastern ran under Sean Payton at the time that the Eastern Airlines as as they kind of nicknamed it in in the day and the offense that Dino Babers ran in here and I don't know that there's ever been an official name given to that one you guys kind of covered both of those at different times in, in your journalistic careers but how would you guys compare those two for maybe how they I mean, more maybe ahead of the times in the game at the time, or maybe change the way the game was played or, or how comparable were they maybe even to each other? It's so hard to compare era to era because the game has just changed so much. It's so, you know, offensive base these days. Um, but, you know, looking back when, 
when Al Moldy put in that Eastern offense, Eastern Airlines offense, um, a lot of it came out of there was a, a death to a running back the summer before, uh, Bernard Holland, who was also a baseball player at Eastern. He died in a car accident, unfortunately. And so Moldy kind of had to revamp the offense because of that and went more with the one back with uh, Dwayne Pitts and, and James Marable. Um, and just as, as Barry mentioned, you know, you had Roy Banks was just such a, an amazing receiver. What, what I kind of remember about it is that was kind of when like the four hour plus games evolved because there was so much passing going on. You know, the clock was, was constantly stopped. And then, you know, Dino's offense, I mean, you know, year one, it was exciting, but after they had it down, you know, in year two, as you saw, you know, Garoppolo's senior year, I mean, there were times it was almost laughable. Um, my, my son would come to the games with me at the time and he was around sixth grade or, or so. And he, I just remember him laughing when Jimmy had, you know, the seven touchdowns against uh, Illinois state and saying, you know, why did they take him out? And I said, well, you know, you got to call off the dogs at some point. Yeah. And then after Jimmy graduated, I would often ask my son, Hey, do you want to go to game? Nah, I don't, you know, don't really want to go anymore if Jimmy's not there. <laughs> I think there's some other people that maybe have unfortunately had that sentiment as well too. It's, it's but it's we're, we're trying to get them back. <laughs> Rich, I would say for me the the one big difference that I see between the two is the pace of play, and and I remember Coach Babers in two different ways. Number one, I remember him as a young running backs coach, uh, motivating his running backs. Uh, he was a young assistant under Bob Spoo, and then to see him take over as the head coach, and I'll never forget. And Dan always talks about this as well, uh, that introductory press conference where he said, we're going to light Charleston on fire. And with that offense, he certainly did. And I would just say the pace of play that he brought in, that Coach Babers brought in, that that's what made it so dynamic and so electric is they moved at such a speedy pace and they could put points up in a heartbeat. I always remember watching on my phone the game at San Diego State and just being dumbfounded by how, you know, San Diego state was completely lost, you know, and, and, and Jimmy and that offense just ran them over that night. I was, I was there and I'm, it's still hard to, to fathom. I, it, and I know it's, and maybe you guys can help with this. You'd like to see a lot of big games. I've heard people tell me that I know the, the 78 national championship is, on paper, the, the biggest win of all time for EIU because you got a trophy out of that. But I've also heard people say that that win in the convincing fashion in which they beat San Diego State may be the best win of all time in Eastern football history. I think you could certainly make that argument. I mean, that's, that's a major opponent. And you're on the road and you're traveling to a different time zone and, you know, on and on you could go. Yeah, I'd say of recent vintage, I'd say – the ones that jump out to me, and, and I forget the years, but the, the most recent one was the win at Miami of Ohio. Yep. Uh, that was, I remember, uh, and, and before that, um, I would say the win at Eastern Michigan was also a big one. You know, you could go on the road and beat a Mac school, and I know there was a wide receiver throwing a touchdown pass at that time, a kid from Woodstock, I remember, uh, from up in the McHenry County area who threw a wide receiver screen pass that was, uh, was part of that victory as well. Well, like I said, I appreciate you guys joining me I'm with Dan Verden and Barry Botino, who do the Prairie State Pigskin blog. If you haven't followed it, it's the way to get the most up-to-date information on Eastern Illinois, Western Illinois, Southern Illinois, and Illinois State before FCS 
schools that play football in the, in the state of Illinois. Now that you guys have done this for five years, what, what's maybe the next steps for you guys to continue the, the evolution of this? I, really, I know for you guys, it's, it's really the two of you guys doing it. And, and this is by no means your job. I think you mentioned it during the blog. This is, you guys don't get paid for this. There's no, no funding for it. I know you guys both have, have day jobs. So I do appreciate you taking a, some of your time away to join us on the podcast to start with, but I'll, I'll start with, with Barry and kind of where do you see this going? And then I'll have Dan kind of have some final thoughts. Yeah, I would say, Rich, kind of following up on that word of mouth thing, I, we'd, we'd like more folks to know about it, you know, and, and and try to get into more places and get more coaches to know about us, more high school coaches to know about us who may be able to share it with their athletes. Um, you know, we, we see now, uh, I did a, a moving the chains with Austin Nagel, who's a wide receiver from Illinois State, uh, just sharing those stories, um, especially the uh, stories where you can kind of weave an athlete's personality into it. Um, their high schools take notice on social media and their high school athletes take notice and the families take notice. And just so any, anywhere we can spread to, you know, via social media or word of mouth, I think is, is what we want to do. I agree with Barry. And I, I think, you know, obviously you mentioned at the top, you know, very unusual, unprecedented spring season. Um, but it's also allowed us, you know, another season to bring our coverage too. So it's almost been, year-round for us now lately. Um, I guess just the thing is that we kind of look at it as, you know, we're kind of the source for all four schools. So if you're a fan of any one of the four, um, you know, certainly you can go to other outlets to get information about those schools, but we've kind of got everything in one place for you. Yep. Very well said. Well, gentlemen, I do appreciate your time and look forward to, to reading the, the most up-to-date stuff you guys have on there. I know the the most recent pieces for Eastern as you guys try to balance the, the coverage here. I know Barry did uh, actually, I haven't had a chance to read it yet, Barry, but, um, but I know Jalen Whitlow who used to play football here at Eastern, he's come out with a, just published a book. And I know Barry did a piece on that. And um, you guys have done just with Ben Solomon, I'm, I'm moving the chains recently as well. Dan did that. So we do appreciate the coverage guys. And thank you for joining us here on the IU Panthers podcast. Thank you, Rich.